0: Good morning. I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, November 5th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the House is on the verge of voting on the Build Back Better Act. Number two, we've got the latest on the last minute deal-making Speaker Nancy Pelosi did to get things done. And number three, the Opinionators Speak. All right, Jake, we have been covering every twist and turn of the drama in the House on the Build Back Better Act, as well as the bipartisan infrastructure uh, deal. And, you know, we always take the over. Pelosi and team wanted to get something done yesterday. They were unable to, but it appears that she is teeing this up to get it done by the end of the day today.
1: Yes, Uh, Exactly. She is teeing this up to get it done by the end of the day today. Um, So let's just take a step back here. So yesterday, these days are really, as I say all the time, blending together. But yesterday, uh, Pelosi uh, told her caucus in the morning that she wanted to get a vote on the Build Back Better Act, the BIF, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, uh, yesterday or today. So Thursday or Friday, and it's Friday this morning. So Uh, I asked her at her press conference, I said, why not just do the BIF? You're able to do that this week without a problem. And she said, no, like, just cut me off. So she clearly wanted to get this bill done, um, the reconciliation bill, and BIF done on the same day. Now, um, this bill that they are going to vote on today is is not resembles nothing, um, of, uh, what it will look like in the Senate. Like the Senate's not even paying attention to this thing. Joe Manchin said this is, he's not even working off of this. So Pelosi's essentially passing a messaging bill. I don't, you know, I don't want to minimize this cause it's a big complex piece of legislation, but like, remember, I know you remember Anna, but to our listeners, do you remember, <laughs> um, that, um, the house used to pass a bunch of Obamacare repeal bills and they labored over them and they had all these deals and like they went nowhere. That's what this is. <laughs> this is going nowhere. It is meant to um, get the Senate uh, behind in gear, I guess we could say. Um, and uh, uh, and listen, I, 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 we'll see if it does that. So I guess the downside here is that they're releasing this infrastructure bill. It's going to go to Biden's desk without a reconciliation deal. That is not what we had been told would happen for a long time. So there's some part of this that's that is um, incongruous with what we know to be kind of promises that were made and strategy that was long held now. I have had an argument with John Bresnahan, Anna, and I'll kick it over to you after this, uh, about this. And you probably saw this play out on our text chain and had no idea what we were talking about this morning. But here's my question for for everybody and for you. Um, and you, we can get a real-time react from you since you don't know what this, the, the question is here. <laughs> no idea where you're going with this one. <laughs> so... You know, in the past, every president has kind of had a top deputy, right? Like uh, Bill Clinton had Leon Panetta, who is a respected former House mem- member and budget chair. Uh, George Bush had Hank Paulson during the depths of the TARP crisis to go up to the Hill and say things with confidence. Barack Obama had Joe Biden, Uh, uh, Donald Trump had Mnuchin as kind of Stephen Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, as kind of clowny as he was. He was somebody that garnered respect. He was a former Goldman Sachs partner, et cetera, et cetera. Joe Biden doesn't have that. And, and it shows, I, I hate to say it, it shows he, you know, he doesn't have a principal who is negotiating a principal level negotiator who is negotiating these things. And that's why I don't know what's going to happen in this next process. We've shown it's not, it's not, um, it's not, a uh, Pelosi and Schumer can't do this alone, or l- let's say it this way. They've not been able to do this alone. And, um, I just wonder how the next phase of this is going to play out if if this if the house and the senate are basically irreconcilable. So, let's zoom out and then
0: I will answer your questions. I think it's a, it's an interesting answer question. my
1: question in the like the next 10 minutes and I'll be okay with it. Okay, okay.
0: I'll do my I'll do my best. Uh, no, but I think it's important. We need to like to really think about this. One the fact that they're going to get this bipartisan infrastructure bill could not come soon enough for Joe Biden, whose numbers are sagging. Democrats are nervous after Needs a victory. the big election time. in Virginia and New- in New Jersey. So that's the first thing. That's, that's a big day for Biden. Right. He then eluded him for quite some time, I think, to your bigger point, which we really hammer in at the, at the top of Punchbowl News AM this morning, is the fact that like. This is a messaging bill from the House that's being sent over to the Senate and it's going to change a lot. Like the drama is not over just because the House passes this version of BBB doesn't mean like it's smooth sailing. Right. You're going to have Bernie Sanders. You're going to have Bob Menendez. You're going to have Kirsten Cinema, You're going to have Joe Manchin and others all trying to put their imprints and their fingerprints on different portions of this bill. And you have to layer in the fact that you have the Senate parliamentarian, Elizabeth McDonough, who she and her staff are going to scrub it. And there's going to be things that fall out of the process. And you've got the voterama, which could be up to hundreds or thousands of amendments that are going to be voted on. So that's kind of the like legislative sausage making. And to your point, you know, I do think the difference between Joe Biden, certainly, and Donald Trump is he has a staff that is very, very, very Involved and has been very involved and was really crucial to the Senate getting done with their bipartisan infrastructure deal. Um, but you don't see the one person I think who's kind of missing here is Kamala Harris right? She was a senator. She's a vice president. It's not as if they have been putting her to use on this issue or going up trying to talk to her former colleagues. I'm not sure whether that's, you know, there could be a variety of reasons for that. And I don't necessarily need to opine on that. But I do think it is worth noting, you know, there isn't she's not playing that role. And there's not another cabinet secretary, for example, who, to your point, has been deputized to actually get this done.
1: Is that do you want? Maybe I shouldn't opine on that either. But, um, um, you know, yeah, I guess that's probably right. I mean, here's what I think. I think that um, Kamala. Yes, she was in the Senate. Yes, people like her. She's not somebody who um, was a longtime senator, longtime lawmaker. So. You know, it's not as if she has a special kind of um, uh, topic area or, or negotiating expertise, although it hasn't been put to a test. So I guess that could be put to a test and, and it just hasn't been, um, you know, so I don't I, I would say this. Let's just wrap up this section, Anna, with this kind of thought the next phase is going to be harder than this one. (laughs) I hate to say it that like they just sweat their butt off to get this deal. And it's just not going anywhere. And I, I I don't, I just think that we should be prepared um, that end of the year is still a really, really good finishing time for this bill. Like it just is. I mean, I've been saying
0: it for weeks. If not months,
1: (laughs) both of these chambers, both chambers are out next week. And then we have um, one week in session. So, like, let's assume that week, the week of the 15th, is just kind of like a, you know, you know, Senate getting comfortable with its slippers type thing, you know. Uh, and then it's Thanksgiving. And then we're in the first week of December, and that's government funding and, and uh, uh, debt limit. Or maybe not debt limit. We'll have to see what happens on that. But, like, so, you know. That's kind of a, uh, that's that's where we are. And I, I just think it's important to keep that in mind.
0: All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning for us. We are calling it the punch card. There is a deal on SALT. And what else we are watching today. So as we went through, Pelosi had to make a lot of last minute deals here to get even this version of the BBB uh, potentially passed through the House, which is going to hit the floor later today uh, on SALT. Speaker Nancy Pelosi cut a deal with the no SALT, no deal crowd late Thursday night to raise the deduction cap to $80,000 for a nine year period through 2030. It's going to then return to the current $10,000 level in 2031 and then phase out entirely. But that was a big deal for her to figure out a way to thread uh, the needle here because you had a block of four Democrats from New Jersey and New York who basically said, you know, we're not going to vote for this unless you figure this out. And they really stayed strong on this issue. I think there was a lot of skepticism, you know, were they going to fold? Were they really going to hold up, uh, you know, Joe Biden's agenda for this issue, but clearly, uh, they were able to get a big victory here. Yeah. Brez thinks it's a big
1: victory. I think it's less of a big victory. I think it's a fine victory. Um, I think that, uh, I think that it's going to get changed in the Senate. Um, And but I I think and and the left is furious about this. Bernie Sanders, to his credit to this group, I mean, they give him credit. I don't care if he gets credit, uh, realizes that something has to be done on salt for middle class families. The state and local deductibility is just a killer for a lot of middle class families in places like New Jersey and New York and Connecticut and things like that. So they're trying to solve for some of that, but it'll get changed in the Senate for sure.
0: All right, let's just move quickly on to the other some other things that happened. We have the group of Democrats who was focused on immigration, uh, vowing to oppose the reconciliation package unless immigration-related provisions were included. Um, to that end, Pelosi agreed to include a provision giving legal status, but not a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants who entered the United States before 2011, provided they pass a Homeland Security Department background check. Uh, there's also some language for the real moderates uh in terms of the uh, the Jared goldens of the world, the Ed cases, the Kurt Schraders, uh, who've been really on leadership's radar screen since day one since they only have that three vote margin. Um, and so the question on that is really going to be what where do they end up along with Stephanie Murphy, who from the Democrat from Florida who said, you know they want to have a CBO score. they want to have uh, you know joint community taxation scores, not White House estimates for this bill and that's that's clearly not going to happen, Jake.
1: Yeah, I mean, I so she could lose how many votes, three votes and still pass this thing. Um, She could let people take a walk, but she's got to, you know, she's got to have the votes on the other side. Um, So, you know, I think there's a lot of bruised feelings. I mean, I talked to Murphy yesterday. I talked to Henry Cuellar of Texas, and they both kind of said, like, we've been getting the runaround for weeks on this. And, and we're sick of it, and and you know, and I think there's just a lot of mistrust. I mean, the leadership has said they're going to do a lot of things that they've not done, and and I think that's bruising to a lot of people, and it's gonna. And but listen, this is very difficult. I would say, um, like, this is not. These things aren't easy, and I, I wonder how much this has been. And we maybe we should explore this in a newsletter, but we're exploring it here. Maybe this has been. Like like during Obamacare, we were writing like one story a day, right? And maybe I wonder how much of this is just supercharged by the fact that there's like an intense media climate. We've probably not helped. We have three editions a day. Um, Twitter hasn't helped. Um,
0: I wonder how much of that plays into this. That's certainly something to think about. All right, but let's move on before we close this out this morning to the third top story of the morning. The Opinionators, the New York Times editorial board to Democrats, get moderate. Jake, not something that we necessarily see
1: a lot from the New York Times. No, I don't I didn't assume this would come from the uh the folks at on the at the New York Times who are not usually calling for moderation <laughs> and to pass something that Joe Manchin likes. That's kind of what they say here. I mean, this quote is kind of amazing. I was going to get a lot of attention today. A democrat should work to implement policies to help America, the American people. Congress should focus on what's possible, not what would not what would be possible if Manchin cinema and a host of other lesser known democratic moderates uh who haven't had to vote on policies they might oppose were were not in office like okay uh that is not what i expected from the new york times but i guess it's a it's a a change in tone from the people on eighth avenue
0: and with that thanks so much for listening leave us a rating and review you can also subscribe to punchbowl news at punchbowl.news for all of this and more have a great day and stay safe